When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hi, I'm Don McDonald. Welcome to a special episode of Talking Real Money Daily. Today, I want to talk about somebody whose importance to the investment business and to investors, particularly in this country, cannot be understated. He's like the Edison, he was like the Edison or the Ford or the Elon Musk of investing and of mutual funds. And he died on Wednesday, the 16th of January at the age of 89 years old. The man is John C. Bogle, or as we called him, Jack Bogle. And I had the pleasure of talking with Jack many, many times over my 30 years in this business and, uh, as a matter of fact, his work is a big part of why I'm doing what I'm doing today. Some of you may know my backstory, but when I was in my late 20s, I started a career as a stockbroker with a firm that is now part of Morgan Stanley, was swallowed up by them, called Dean Witter. And we sold mutual funds, but our mutual funds had commissions, loads. It cost people a lot of money to get into our mutual funds. We had some mutual funds that had loads as high as 8.5% up front. So you put $10,000 in and $850 went to the brokerage firm and the brokers. Generally, though, the commissions were about 5 and three quarter percent back then. Commissions have come down a little since then. 5% range is more normal. But if it wasn't for John Vogel, who in the mid-70s, started a company called Vanguard that was totally unlike any other mutual fund company in the world. This mutual fund company was not going to be owned by shareholders or owned by a family like the Fidelity Funds are, the Johnson family. No, Vanguard funds were going to be owned by the people who invested in Vanguard funds, and they were going to get charged reasonable fees. And he also came up with this, uh, well, he didn't come up with it. He was smart enough to look to a number of experts who had thought of it, who had done decades of research on it, who had said, there is no reason, and as a matter of fact, it is mathematically impossible for active mutual fund managers to, in aggregate, beat the market. They can't do it. You can't beat the market, so why not just be the market? And in the 70s, Wells Fargo created a an institutional fund that invested in the S&P 500, and Bogle went, wait, that's perfect for everybody else. Why isn't everybody investing in an index like the S&P 500? And back then, that was the index. That was the diversified index. So he created an index consisting of the 500 companies that were part of the S&P 500, and he offered it to individual investors at a little tiny fee because this research, this academic research, convinced him that beating the market was unlikely, if not impossible. Now, being an old-time money guy, he came from actively managed mutual funds. 
he was still not 100% convinced, and I think that he went to his grave not 100% convinced, although I think somewhere he knew that it was kind of silly for Vanguard to offer any kind of active funds because they really don't, and you can see it in their performance. They don't consistently beat the indexes, and they do it at a slightly higher cost at Vanguard elsewhere at a substantially higher cost. Over the years, though, the Vanguard group grew and grew and grew. So at first, it's so great. I've got I found this old poster that uh, the Lutold group put out that said indexing was un-American well, because active management was the only way to go. Well, you you couldn't call into question the brilliance of the folks on Wall Street, could you? Well, that's exactly what Jack Bogle did. He called that into question. He said, "Just own the market, pay as little as possible, you'll make more money." And he's right. The number one differentiator between a top-performing fund and a less well-performing fund is the fee. Morningstar did a study and found that to be the case. Multiple other studies have been done to that effect. Fees matter more than anything else. And now, today, it's almost common knowledge that the vast majority of professional money managers cannot beat the market. Mark Holbert, who used to publish a newsletter of market timers, said in his column today, which is Thursday, <laughs> the 17th of January, for those listening to it another time, he said today that he believed when the index funds first came out, he believed that the uh, odds of a fund beating the market were about one in five. He said, it turned out I was wrong. It was more like one in 20. And actually, when you adjust for luck and expenses, when you adjust for luck and expenses, remember, some people just beat the market because they were lucky and lucky over and over again. But when you adjust for luck, that number drops precipitously to about one in 100. And what are the odds that you're going to find that one in 100 active money manager who actually may show some skill? You're not going to. You're just not going to. Today, the Vanguard Group of Mutual Funds manages $5 trillion. That's incredible. And that means when you look at these no-load mutual funds, not a single fund in the Vanguard portfolio charges investors a commission to get into it, nor do they pay brokers a commission to sell them, just on that $5 trillion that's there right now. That translates into 25 billion dollars in saved commissions and that doesn't include the fees over the years jack bogle's crazy idea has saved investors i believe hundreds of billions of dollars and while i had many opportunities and i did so regularly to thank jack for his huge contribution to investors everywhere and me particularly I, want, I wanted to tell him once again and to tell his family, thanks for what you've done for all of us to make us wealthier, to give us better futures. We really do appreciate it. 855-935-TALK is the number to call here on the podcast. We will take your calls anytime, whenever the spirit moves you, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You're listening to this podcast in the middle of the night and you go, oh, I have a question. Just call 855-935-TALK and leave that question with as much detail as possible, and we'll put it in the show, and I'll answer it, and maybe you'll enjoy a better future in one way, shape, manner, or form. That number again, 855-935-8255, 
And here's today's call. Hi, Don. I've been listening on and off since about 1990, and uh, I, I know from that the importance of uh, watching expense ratios and your disdain for managed products. This has led me to the Vanguard family and primarily index funds. I noticed that Vanguard has a service called Fund Access, which permits you to make purchases of other uh, fund families in your brokerage account, but not an IRA. I know you're going to say, why would you need another fund provider? <laughs> I'm just curious because I'm not sure where why Vanguard would sell another fund family's products. Most of the families listed uh, show uh, no transaction fees in the list on fund access, and it appears that others, Vanguard charges a, a regular commission sales uh, uh, charge for, for each of the transactions. That's just a couple of bucks in most cases. Uh, and then depending on the size of your account, uh, a certain number of those transactions or fees are waived each year. So how is Vanguard getting compensated on these fund access transactions? They appear to publish the same uh, net asset value and expense ratios as the originating fund families for each ticker, so it doesn't look like it's a different class of shares. So, thanks. Okay, why would you want any funds other than Vanguard if you're with Vanguard? <laughs> okay, I get what you're asking. Ah, the fund access program. This is, I find it a little strange, but I understand why they're doing it. They're doing it to remain competitive. Most of the major mutual fund firms and the discount brokerage firms have accounts that allow you to own funds from almost anywhere and to buy funds and sell funds from almost any organization. So to be competitive, Vanguard had to do it. And Vanguard hates charging fees. But the strange thing is they offer a lot of funds that have really high fees, even commissions. And you ask how Vanguard makes money? Well, the way most of these groups make money on these no-transaction-fee funds is by getting a, com a commission or a kickback, a payment, from the mutual fund companies, the no-transaction-fee funds. You see, they make enough money on those no-transaction-fee funds that they don't need to charge a transaction fee because I was looking at one of them from Aberdeen. The, uh, the fund was 5 and 3 quarters percent to get in and one and a quarter percent per year to manage it. You're, they're making good money. They can afford to pay Vanguard. And that's exactly what happens. So can I think of a single good reason why a Vanguard investor would want to use any of these funds? No. Because universally, I went through the list. I started at Aberdeen and then worked my way down. I didn't see anybody in there in the open-end mutual fund industry who could possibly give you anything better than what Vanguard offers. I did see that uh, a fund group we really like because they can give you some added diversification at low-cost dimensional funds. You could own dimensional funds, but because you need a special advisor to get into them, a particular type of advisor, Vanguard doesn't offer those for purchase. You can own them, but you can't purchase them through them. So why use it? There is no good reason, none whatsoever. The transaction fee is how Vanguard gets compensated for those funds that don't kick anything back to them. The no transaction fee funds pay Vanguard something to make trades in those products. Pretty simple. Thanks for the call. And thanks for listening for so long, too. And since we've talked a lot about load and no load, I thought it would probably be a good time to spend time on the differences between those two types of funds. Load funds 
are, are funds that have a commission charge built in one way or another. Now, see, there's where the, 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 the water muddies. They have commissions one way or another. A no-load fund charges no commission, period. There's not an upfront commission or a hidden commission along the way or a commission on the backside. A true no-load fund that'll put it in writing, that will actually put in writing no load. If a broker tries to sell you a fund that he, claim, he or she claims is no load, ask for it in writing. Say, would you please write down on a paper that XYZ fund is a no load fund? They won't do it if it's a loaded fund because while they can maybe get away with saying it, because they could say, well, no, I said it was a no front load fund. You did? Yeah, I'll always say that. Look, the commission says it's a loaded fund. Here's the difference. And this is what you need to look for. One of the most popular mutual fund groups sold by brokers is the American Funds Group from Capital Management in Los Angeles. Now, these are fine funds. I have no beef with the funds. I don't believe in commissions. I don't believe there's any reason why a commission benefits you in any way, shape, manner, or form. A commission goes to compensate a salesperson. That's what commissions are for. If you don't need a salesperson, you don't need a commission. And I'd rather see you pay for an actual advisor who lives and breathes your portfolio than somebody who's just making a transaction and moving on to the next one. American funds charge five and three quarter percent generally to get into one of their funds. Right? Makes sense? Okay, for example, let's take a look at American funds. Growth Fund of America, they have class A shares and class C shares. Now, most brokers will probably sell you the class A share. The class A share comes with a five and three quarter percent load or commission that you pay up front. So $10,000 in the fund, you take out $575 and it has annual expenses of one or I'm sorry, of 0.62%, 0.62%. The low load version that a lot of brokers like to sell because they don't want to say, uh, they don't want you to see that $575 come out of every 10 grand. They'll sell you the Growth Fund of America Class C. That has a 1% commission. That doesn't feel bad. That's just $100 on 10000 So that's a better deal, right? Well, no, because they sneak their extra commission in through the back door. They charge a 12B1 fee every year as part of that 1.42% of 1% per year as opposed to 0.25% in 12B1 fees for their Class A shares. That extra 0.75% goes into a pool that pays the brokers who sell the product their regular commission up front. And you pay an extra eight-tenths of 1% every year for as long as you remain in the fund, and mutual fund investors should be long-term. So you're going to be there a long time. So they trick you. And then one of the arguments that brokers often use is that, yeah, you can get into one of those no-load funds, but they charge higher fees. No, no, they don't. It's your liar-load funds that charge higher fees that you sell as no-load that really aren't. If you want more information on anything we talk about here on the show or you want to listen to our other podcasts, just go to TalkingRealMoney.com. You can also go to TalkingRealMoney.com and take our risk quiz. You can get the advisor interview form to find out if your advisor is a fiduciary. We even have hats for sale. 
We have articles from Real Investing Journal. Oh, my gosh. The the amount of stuff is unbelievable. It's everything you ever wanted to know about real investing. It's called TalkingRealMoney.com, just like the name of the show. Thanks so much for being a part of this episode. I really appreciate it. And if you get a chance, tell a friend or two. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell five friends. Tell ten friends. That's even better. And thanks for listening. I'm Don McDonald. Talking Real Money. That the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.